Hey everyone, and welcome to Unison Christian Church, the podcast. We exist to change our community with the life-changing truth of Jesus, elevate a culture of love and holistic growth, and serve as a family built on hope. Our desire is that today's message helps you discover fresh new ways of connecting with God. Now, here is today's message. Today, though, the sermon is about, um, the name is titled, the sermon is Praise the Lord. Just what it is. A few years ago, um, there was another sermon entitled Praise the Lord, too. And um, I feel like as we look at this week, as I think about my life and what happens to me around this time of the year, we start to kind of talk about things that we're thankful for, and that's great. That's cool. But I find that I have a rhythm now in, in my life of legit praising God, and it has nothing to do with anything that I'm thankful for. Actually, we're going to be reading Psalm 148. And when you read through the Psalms, like you get a sense that, yes, there is an opportunity for us to praise God for things that he has done. That's definitely a piece of the puzzle. But much of the theme of the Psalms in terms of praise has, it's not about what God's done. It's like this over and over again proclamation of God's character, right? Some of us have gotten into a habit of praising God like when we see things like this, especially when we think about Thanksgiving. So show me this first picture. Yes, Lord. Come on. I, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I do not have one sweet tooth. I have several. I told Tracy this a few days ago. Like, I have several. Like, it would have been good if the two wisdom teeth that were taken out, those were the sweet ones. But no, they left the sweet ones in. I love cookies and pie. Thank you, Father, for pie. (laughs) But not just the food when our life looks like this, right? To me, this is not just a picture of the dessert table on Thanksgiving. It represents like an abundance kind of thing, right? You don't start really thinking about dessert until you've got the primary things taken care of. Do I have my protein? Do I have my grains? Do I have my vegetables? Do I have all of those things taken care of? Then I start to think about dessert, right? When we start to think about dessert, dessert, aside from Thanksgiving, on a random July afternoon is, oh, yeah, we got a little abundance. Go for it. You can get a cake. And I think when we talk about praising God, we talk about praising God for the dessert table. We talk about praising God because of abundance. And most of the Psalms actually talk about praising God in these moments. It's not dessert. You take away an S. Where's that next picture? Desert. We have a whole different thing that comes up inside of us when we're in a desert. We actually don't, we don't feel joy when we think about a desert. I can tell because as soon as I showed the picture, nobody got excited. (laughs) It's not colorful. It's bland. And to be honest, for many of us, the last couple of years have felt like that. 
hasn't felt like the beautiful colors of strawberry rhubarb pie with whipped cream on top. And my favorite Thanksgiving dessert, which is banana cake with cream cheese frosting. Saints. (laughs) We've just felt like this. An S is missing. And for many of us, we've learned to govern how we praise God based upon the presence of that S. When I'm in a desert, I don't think about praising God. And that's not the Bible's fault. That's our culture's fault of how we talk about praise. Like, Eve, I've even been in, like, concerts and worship, worship nights where the worship leader, doing what the worship leader's job is, will tell us to think about something God's done. Right? Have you ever been in those moments where somebody's like, just put your mind on something God's done? Has he been good to you? Has he done anything for you? And then we start listing off all these wonderful things that God has done. We tell each other to rehearse what God's done. And so when we're in a desert, it's actually really difficult to praise God because it's difficult to think of what he's done when it looks like that. But Psalm 148 starts off, praise the Lord, exclamation point. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the skies. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all the armies of heaven. Keep going. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. I don't even know what that looks like. What is a vapor high above the clouds? It's clouds, right? Like, (laughs) keep going. Let every creature, excuse me, every created thing give praise to the Lord. For he issued his command and they came into being. He set them in place forever and ever. His decree will never be revoked. I'm only going to pause there to say, so far, we haven't heard of God doing anything great. And this is the first time where we see an action performed by God. But what the writer of this psalm is pointing to is authority. Not, Not even power. That's why he says, that he set them in place forever and ever? Because a part of God's power is to say, let there be light. And sure, if there's light, that's a demonstration of power. But authority is, let there be light. And there was never a moment in which that rhythm has gone out of place. Right? That's really what the writer of this psalm is getting at. His decree will never be revoked. Not just because God is powerful. Not just because God can do great things. But he has authority over all things, whether he says it or not. Let's keep going. Praise the Lord from the earth, you creatures of the ocean depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, wind and weather that obey him, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all livestock, small scurrying animals and birds. 
<laughs> kings of the earth and all people, rulers and judges of the earth, young men and young women, old men and children. Do you get what's happening? Hopefully you get what's happening. No thing on this earth, no thing on this earth is not getting touched by the Psalm 148. Small things, big things, things in the ocean, things in the sky. Let the weather <laughs> praise God. Whether you're rich or you're poor, whether you're old or you're young, whether you're a woman or a man, let's keep going. Let them all praise the name of the Lord, for his name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. He has made his people strong, honoring his faithful ones, the people of Israel who are close to him. And the last three words of the psalm are the first three words. Praise the Lord. It's actually one of my favorite things about the last part of Psalms. The last six Psalms start and end this way. Praise the Lord. I remember when I was a kid, I, um, I, was, I didn't really understand this, but like the older people in my life would like praise God for making it up the stairs. Like, like legit, right? Like, like, like this picture, like, it would be like, oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> like, right? Some of y'all know, right? Like you, you were raised in a family where just being able to get off the couch was enough reason to bless God, right? Like, oh, thank you, God, I made it. Like, and to be honest with you, when I was younger, I was like, this <laughs> They're just in a habit of saying that. That's just what they do. I can still make it up the stairs, but I've actually started to think about this and that habit differently. My grandmother passed away when I was 17. My maternal grandmother passed away when I was 17, and uh, we went to her funeral. My grandmother, probably... One of, like you, everybody has somebody in their life where it's like they're the ones who spurred on your faith. Um, they're the ones, like, and, and sometimes it's a parent, sometimes it's a friend. My grandmother was the person whom, as I think about a strong pillar of faith, it is my grandmother, Willabelle. My grandmother... Um, was also an entrepreneur. She started a grocery store in Somerset, New Jersey, a restaurant, and her last career was the owner and operator of an adult foster care home in Somerset, New Jersey, out of her house. I have countless stories of her faith in action. And honestly, I've told our family this before, our Unison family, that the last thing that I heard her say a few months before she died, she was talking to me on the phone, uh, and she called for my mom, and I answered the phone, and we talked for a little bit, caught up, and the last thing that she said was, do what the Lord say do. And that has honestly become a part of my mantra in life, do what the Lord say do. That was the last words that I heard from my grandmother. And her husband, Jake, was the quietest man I've ever known. <laughs> Honestly. He died a year after her. 
and I cannot remember much of anything that he said at all. He's just a very quiet man. The only thing that he would ever really even let us do as kids is come to his room while he was watching the Braves, and we would sit there while he quietly watched the Braves and be awkward kids with an old man. (laughs) And after my grandmother's funeral, she died first, and then the next year he passed. After the funeral, which we had probably the highest praise moment I think I can remember as a kid, because when like when the when the worship band would get going, my grandmother would like get up with her cloth and she would like start spinning around, and so people at the at the funeral had claws and they were like spinning around because that's what Willabel does. When all of that was done and we were going back to the house, my grandfather was coming into the house, frail and having a hard time walking because it had been a long and hard day emotionally. He had a, a walker and one of my cousins behind him. And as he was trying to get into the house, he was just saying, thank you, Jesus. That's literally the only thing I remember my grandfather saying as he was just trying to get into the door. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To be completely honest, I didn't even know my grandfather knew Jesus before that moment. Because <laughs> all he did, I mean, I, I take it back. I do remember him saying, Willabelle, where are my biscuits? <laughs> just was what it was. Willabelle, where are my biscuits? And thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I remember my grandfather working hard to get into the threshold of the house, saying, thank you, Jesus, over and over again. And as I've pondered on those moments, I think what I have learned so far is that it's, yes, it's a challenge as we get older to just make it up the stairs. I get that. That's our bodies start to move in a direction where it can be challenging to move the way we did when we were 25. I get that. But there's two things on display there. One, as opposed to having developed the habit of complaining about my joints, The people in my life have demonstrated a habit of praising God for every step that I made it up. That's not dessert, fam. That's just the day-to-day, just getting into the house. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I've learned from the people that are in my life who are older than I am, who have lived enough deserts to know that even in the middle of my desert, God is still worthy of praise. And if my if I never even get out of this desert, he still has the authority to set light in motion and it never stops. He still has the authority to set weather patterns in motion and it never stops. He still has the authority to speak and it not change. He still has the authority to heal. He still has the authority to set free. He still has the authority to just be God and worthy of praise regardless of whether or not the S in my desert is there. 
Older people in my life have shown me that because of just being able to get up the steps. (laughs) And so Thanksgiving has historically been a challenging time in my personal life. Because of changes in my family, we don't all celebrate Thanksgiving. I remember having robust celebrations around Thanksgiving and when that changed, that being honestly a season of depression for me. Some of us are in that space because of loss through this year. It's okay. For some of us, this is our first Thanksgiving without somebody. That's real. It's okay for us to acknowledge it. Well, let us, though, as a family, remind each other that our God is still very worthy of praise. And to be completely honest, the only thing that has really brought me out of those seasons of remembering what I don't have have been moments where I am intent to just praise God. And I for, for a second, forget about the fact that the dessert table doesn't have anything on it. I forget about for a moment that I don't have the abundance that I want to feel. I forget about for a moment that the pleasures in life that would naturally invoke praise in me aren't there. And God still made up thunder. There's a note that I want us to read from Psalm 44, verse 8. Oh, God, we give glory to you all day long (laughs) and constantly praise your name. This is the kind of culture that Psalms speaks of. I say it's a note because Psalm 44 has a bunch that's going on inside of it. But that one little nugget in there, we praise your name all day long and constantly praise your name, God. This is something that is the culture of the people of God. And we have learned something different. So something that I think I've processed over the last week to just make sure that we have is we should develop a habit of praising God all day. Praise God when we make it up the steps. Praise God. We'll talk. Some of you know I've been like eyeballing electric vehicles. See, look. See, Brother Charles, no. Uh Uh-oh, wait. (laughs) You know, when you do too much research, you get discontent. (laughs) So I've had to, like, stop myself and praise God when my minivan starts. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that it made it to work. (laughs) Thank you, God, that I was able to take my kids to school. Thank you, Lord. And I, sometimes that feels, at the, when we first developed that habit, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest and say when you develop that habit initially, it feels insincere. It's okay. It feels like, ah, uh, this is just super Christian-y. Yep, it is super Christian-y. There's a lot of things that we do that are super Christian-y in, the, in a moment where it's not needed because when the moment when it is needed, then it's real natural. 
When we praise God for just making it to work, when we praise God that we got some groceries this week, when we praise God that we woke up this morning, when we praise God that we were able to get up and down the stairs or whatever, when life gets really hard, I'm in the habit of praising God. I need to be in the habit of praising God so that even when things are feel like a desert, I still have something to praise. I still have something to pull me out of my depression, and I don't need something sweet to do so. I don't need something that feels like abundance, God's good, period. The last thing, really, Renounce the culture of circumstantial praise. That's something that we all have to do. I want to let go of praising God just when things are good. Both of them require an intentionality. And one of the things that we say around our house at times, when something is new, you may feel like you have to force it. Forced doesn't mean fake. It means intentional. Praise God that you have clothes that fit you today. Not just because there's somebody who doesn't. <laughs> Praise them because you do. <laughs> Something else I learned watching older Christians when I was growing up. I woke up this morning with, in my right mind. <laughs> I don't even knew what, I don't think I knew what that meant until I was 35. Like, what does it mean to be in your right mind? I woke up this morning able to function the way I was, able, I was functioning yesterday. I woke up this morning I woke up this morning. If we get in the habit of praising God all day and we renounce a culture of circumstantial praise, flat out, when life is challenging, it's much easier to praise God. I don't need somebody to pump and prime me to say, thank you, God. Because I've been in the habit of praising God for when I'm able to lift my hands high enough to shave my head. It may seem small, but I've, lift, I've had moments where my arms I feel so tired I can't do it. I'm like, I'm going to just have to do that tomorrow. The last thing is simple. It's the same thing that ends 148. Praise the Lord. Our God is the God who created sound. For those of us who love music and we have music going on all day, our God is the one who invented sound waves. For those of us who marvel in the beauty of nature, our God is the one who made up rainbows. Our God is the one who made up fall colors. 
those the trees, they could just drop their leaves. But our God is the one who said, I want them to be orange. I want them to be yellow. Our God is the one who made up sunsets. You realize the light could just turn on and then turn off like it does in your dining room? But no, our God is the one who designed, and yes, there's science that explains it, but all that just explains the creativity of our God. Our God is the one who made up the concept of love. Our God is the one who made up the concept of fellowship and friendship. Our God is the God who made up gravity. Our God is the one that has set things in place so that I can have an expectation for my day. Time doesn't slow down because our God made it up. It doesn't speed up because my God made it up. Our God is the kind and generous God that pours out grace and mercy all day long. Our God is the same God that rewards those who are righteous and also the one who does repay wickedness. That's something that is we can praise God for. Why? Because I don't have to be the judge of either one. He takes on that responsibility. Our God is the one who sees all the details enough to know what needs to happen. Our God is the one who has authority enough to know when the beginning is and when the end is. Our God is the one who gets to decide what's happening right now and what will happen in eternity. Our God is that God, and I haven't said anything about having finances yet. Haven't said anything about my health yet. Haven't said anything about being able to do anything yet. This is our God. He's worthy of praise, period. And so this week, yes, let's be thankful for collard greens. I'm all about being thankful for collard greens. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. That I live in a world in which if I'm financially struggling, Somebody will donate a turkey to me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. But even if I don't have a turkey and my collard greens were just the ones that got picked over and the macaroni and cheese is, didn't come out the way I wanted it to, and the biscuits didn't, didn't do what they were supposed to, and the rolls are flat, and the dessert table is skimpy, and it's just pre-made Oreo cookies. Praise God. God, you were good because you saw fit to even give me this day to complain about. <sighs> Family, I want us to... Yes, I want to thank God for all of his good and mighty works, but I also want us to be mature enough as believers to have some praise that goes beneath that, that goes lower than the circumstances, and that is deeply rooted in our acknowledgement of God's character because that's what the Psalms do. The Psalms acknowledge God's character. So praise the Lord, fam. Right now, praise the Lord. God, we thank you. God, you are good. 
It is all right for us to not have somebody pump us and prime us and make music. God, we send praises to you because you are awesome. More than just you are good, God. You are great. Not just because of what you've done, but simply, God, because you are authority in all creation. Every single thing that I've ever experienced, you, God, have been intimately involved and intricately engaged in protecting me from things I couldn't see. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for how you've healed me from things by just keeping me from things. Thank you, God. Lord, you are worthy of praise because you love your creation. Regardless of how many times we abandon and forsake you, you stick with us. Regardless of how many times I turn my back on you, God, you keep looking for my face. Regardless of how many times I do what I know I shouldn't, God, you keep doing what you know I need because you are merciful. You are gracious. You are kind, God. You are loving. You love us, God. And we praise you. We praise you because you're worthy of praise. We praise you because you are authority. We praise you, God. We join the wind in lifting you up, God. We join every scurrying creature that has breath, and we praise you. God, we join kings, queens, princes, and princesses, duchesses, and dukes. God, we join them in lifting you up. We also join those who are in poverty praising you, God. We join angels casting crowns to you moment by moment saying, holy, 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 you are creator, God, worthy of all praise. You, God, we praise you. And when my life is hard, I will have rehearsed enough to still say, God, you have poured out mercy for this new day. And I receive it and send back praise. My response is praise to brand new mercy for today. That will look different for all of us, and that's okay. But what shouldn't look different for any of us is that we should be in a habit of being able to do that. It doesn't have to be rapid fire. It doesn't even have to be exuberant. I can write it down. I can paint a picture. I can spin around in my living room regardless of what it is. Praise God. Regardless of what it is, praise God. A habit that I'll give you for those of us who are able to do so. And I've kind of gotten into the habit personally of when I roll out of bed, literally rolling out of bed onto the floor. If you can do it, do it. If you can't, sit up on, sit up on the side of the bed for a moment. Before you get up, God, I thank you. Before anything else good happens to me today, 
that would trick me into believing I need to praise you for your goodness. God, I just praise you with this first breath of the day. And as we go through this week, pondering the things that we are thankful for, my challenge to us as a family is, yes, to be thankful, but also be praise-filled. Praise-filled. Let's pray. Lord God, you are majestic. The whole earth is filled with your glory. The heavens declare your splendor. Each and every light that shines in the sky shines in response to your authority. Trees experience change in their seasons because of you. We praise you. We lift you up. God, make us people who have certainly the capacity and maturity to thank you for the abundance of good that we experience, but also deepen our praise deepen our allegiance to you so that our praise is foundational to our very being. As I breathe, I praise you. Not as you do, I praise you. As I breathe, I praise you. Help us to develop the habit of those who have walked with you for multiple decades to acknowledge you in the mundane things. To praise you in what feels like something small. So that in the big of our challenges, we don't lose that. And as you, God, desire to have your people praise, not because you're insecure and need somebody telling you how good you are, but because you know what it does for us, lifts us out of our desert. Give us a culture of daily praise. We trust you. So, Lord, we do thank you also for the myriad of magnificent blessings that you have showered on us. Some of us in this room are truly, truly abundant. We have an abundance of things in life and food and stuff that we need. And some even in this room may not have an abundance of God, but we have what we need and we're grateful. Lord, give us grace to also be as generous as you. May our praise also involve our generous heart for those who perhaps do not have what you have given us. 
may we be a part of your provision for them. We trust you. We honor you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and believe others could benefit from hearing about us, please remember to share and subscribe to Unison Christian Church wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also catch us live at unisongr.com or on Facebook. See you next week.